This water news with Steve Baker is supported by Clearwater and Filtration on Rough and Ready Highway, Grass Valley. Well, Steve, the weather has been just great uh, just in the last few days. Blue skies, pretty clear, pretty clear, not too much smoke. It's beautiful outside. And mild temperatures that reflect the typical fall season. Uh, Well, what are the weather predictions for the upcoming seasons? Well, look at where we just came from. We have just experienced, all of us, the hottest September in California ever recorded. This is what we're coming out of. That's according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. So now, as far as predictions go, go, we're told that a strong La Nina is developing. And so that means dry patterns of weather will be harder to break. We're in a dry pattern right now. They, they're saying that 85% chance of this persisting through the winter. So this heat may be with us for a while, which means we might have a warm winter. Uh, the theme of hot, dry conditions will likely continue in California and the West is what they're saying. So it's not just going to hit California. Typically, the polar wet stream shifts in a La Nina condition and it goes further north. So Oregon and Washington may receive a lot of water this year, this winter, but we may not. Well, this suggests that climate change is with us again, which is a reminder that we need to prepare for these kinds of more extreme conditions Mm -hmm. being with us more often. I know that uh, the California in general is very responsible in preparing for climate change, but is this seen uniformly across all of our counties as well? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. There are differences in both approach and also in the level of effort in various counties. So why don't we just take Sacramento and Yuba counties as an example? Sacramento County they have a climate change a climate action plan that started in two thousand nine, and it focuses on reducing greenhouse gas emissions to the nineteen ninety levels by this year by two thousand and twenty. Well, you know what? They met their goal in 2016, and so now they have they have reset that goal, and their focus is on an, a, a, a more uh, accelerated goal, and by the year 2030, they're recognizing that we we really do have more extreme heat waves, more extreme storms, and we're going to have less rainfall and less snowpack in the Sierras. They, they recognize that. And so the Sac- Sacramento County, they're looking at converting 2,000 county vehicles to renewable energy as a way of helping out. And, and I didn't really know this till just now, they're, uh, making a, they're considering making a solar farm at the Sacramento airport. So with all these good things uh, that are being done, however, the Sacramento Board of Supervisors they tend to lean towards a slightly more conservative thought, which means progress may be a bit slower than, than desired. Okay, now Yolo County, Yolo County Supervisor Don Saylor, he says that they see climate change happening in real time, on a real-time basis. And they've approved already of $50,000 for funding their advisory committee on this subject. They've even declared a climate emergency, which Sacramento has not done yet. That provides a lot of other benefits when you do that. They started their clean energy plan in 1982, so even earlier in Sacramento, and they finished a gas-to-energy facility at the county landfill. So they're capturing methane now at their county landfill. Uh, declaring, uh, declaring climate change emergencies is a huge big deal, and, and it's a needed step. 
And so you can look at that and recognize that it flags those counties that are really accelerating the response to climate change. The consensus is we need to move faster. Counties are doing things, of course, in California, but we need to move more quickly. Well, what is the forecast for Northern California? Uh, You know, unfortunately, the Bay Area is coming out of a dry, unrelenting fire season, as we well know, and now into a minimal rainy season. That's not good. That's not going to make us happy. As I said a moment earlier, uh, NOAA is forecasting an 85% chance that La Nina conditions will continue through the winter. So that puts an exclamation point on this possibly minimal rainy season. The tendency is winter conditions and, and wetter conditions in Oregon and Washington, but not so much here in California. But we, we, you know, we also, when we talk about La Nina and El Nino, we need to remember that the La Nina and El Nino conditions, they're not very good predictors. And they've been proven, it's almost like it's 50-50 and not a really good forecaster. So we have to take all of this with a grain of salt. The, an important component that the researchers are still working on is how does the wind influence these atmospheric river storms that are developed? That's, that is a biggie. If, if the polar jet stream does not move as far north as predicted, then maybe Northern California will receive more rain and snow than they're thinking right now. So really, I think it's one of these things where we need to just wait and see. Okay, let's bring it home. What does that mean for <laughs> those of us living here in the foothills? We know just like fire, you prepare before the event. Okay, so for fire preparedness, we build and we maintain defensible land, and we have an evacuation and backup plans all set up for emergency exits. Okay, that would be for fire preparedness. For, for drought conditions, for low water conditions, we prepare by building into our, into our properties alternative water supplies. And we learn behaviors that allow us to adapt, to conserve, to work together. Very important. Being limited by water, uh, as, as you and I know, we're on wells. It's no fun <laughs> when you don't have water. In fact, you know that rule, at least in the Greek and Italian communities, they recognize that the fish stinks after three days. <laughs> okay, well, that applies when you're in a drought, when you, when you suddenly don't have enough water. It, it gets really old really fast. You know, limited showers, minimal water outside. It's, it's not fun. So most of us, I mean, we're not used to, to living without a lot of flowing water. And so I think we need to, uh, maybe we can learn from those few people that have really learned these lessons and then apply them in our own way on our own properties in our own lives. Thank you, Steve. Look forward to talking with you next week. You're welcome. Managing groundwater is Steve Baker's career and passion, and that has led him into working on all water sources and supplies. This has been another conversation with KVMR's water guy, Steve Baker.